Good morning. Good afternoon. It's 12 noon and I'm AWOD. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, your home for the Washington Commanders who have their first regular season Sunday, September 10th at home hosting the Arizona Cardinals. And football season is here. College football week zero was a success this past weekend. I'm broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck as I will be here every Monday throughout football season. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show live from 12 to 3 p.m. recapping Saturday's college football, the best of NFL Sundays, and, of course, previewing Monday night football here from Capitol Ale House in Innsbruck. We've got a lot going on on the show today. We'll talk commanders. Who will get cut this week? A few people have already gotten cut this morning, including running back Jarrett Patterson, who was a big part of the preseason and has been on the roster the last few years. I told you guys last week I thought he would get cut for the rookie, Christian Rodriguez, and that looks like is what just happened for the Commanders. David Harrison covers the Commanders for Locked On Commanders with Sports Illustrated. He'll join us at 1230. Of course, we've got the Richmond Commander every day at 1 p.m. And today I want to know, who is your core four for the Commanders this season? I talked about it on my show Saturday in Washington, D.C. Who are the four guys that Washington can count on this season to bring it every single weekend? You know, there's going to be some games where Sam Howell will struggle. Who will they count on? Who will be able to pick the team up out of the dirt and lead them to a victory? The core four on the Richmond Commander at 1 p.m. Kyle Roenick will join us to talk Commanders and cuts at 1.30 And then we'll go around the ACC with Chris Graham of the Augusta Free Press at 2 p.m. But you guys know how I like to start this show every day, by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet, definitely not the sports phone. It's time for the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. The sports app. All right, let's begin locally with high school football here in Richmond. We talk high school football on Tuesdays at 1.30 with Lane Casadante, and then on Wednesdays at 2.15 with Gary Hess, the voice of high school football. He begins his first broadcast this Thursday night and then Friday night back-to-back nights on WRVA 11.40 a.m. But this past weekend, Oscar Smith took down number 10 Hermitage, 39-25, as Hermitage gave the 7-5-7 power Oscar Smith a run for its money, but then lost by 14 points. Mechanicsville defeats Deep Run, 28-7. How about number one Highland Springs? And the head coach, Lauren Johnson, goes down to Florida to face off against Miramar, his alma mater. Well, they come back with a victory, 20-14. Sophomore running back Eric Bird broke tackle after tackle on a 60-yard touchdown run to highlight the big night for the Springers. As uh, you got to feel good for Lauren Johnson getting that big win. Awesome to start their season. They finished last year undefeated. They start this season 1-0. How about Dinwiddie? Harry Dalton, you heard us talking about him at our football season preview show. He's back for his junior year. He carried the ball as a quarterback 13 times for 83 yards. Three touchdowns while also completing eight of 16 attempts for 190 yards and three more touchdowns as Dinwiddie defeated GW Danville 52-7. Verina is number six in our top 10 coaches poll. They defeat Indian River 13 to nothing. And we round out our 
High school football coverage here with number five, Thomas Dale, defeating Cosby 35 to nothing. And Ethan Minter, the season, uh, the senior quarterback for Thomas Dale, completed 14 of 22 passes for three touchdowns and 225 yards. Let's move over to the Little League World Series, which took place over the weekend. And here is the call on ABC. It was awesome as California's Lewis Lapp launches a walk-off home run to win the Little League World Series 6-5. Challenged him, and this game is over! Lewis Lappy does it again! California, your Little League World Series champs on a walk-off home run! There's a lot of good sports this weekend and continuing this morning let's move over to basketball as team usa playing in the fiba world cup a lot of young talent on this team including anthony edwards well they just topped greece this morning it ended about 30 minutes ago 109 to 81 to move to 2-0 in the event they will face off against jordan on wednesday in the second round of their pool play in the fiba world cup how about simone biles winning a record eighth U.S. Gymnastics Championship. Uh, she's so unbelievable. It's been fun to watch her career. And I uh, wanted you to take a listen to Simone Biles after another win this weekend. I hit eight for eight. Um, that was my expectations going into the night. So I'm very proud of myself for that. Proud of WCC, how we kind of came out here and finished strong. Well, what's interesting about Simone Biles is, remember, she was like, so stressed about how much she was competing that she took a time she took some time off well she's letting herself be happy this time that didn't always happen but she had the individual success over the weekend let's move over to the nfl as aaron Rodgers, a rise on the new york jets had his first touchdown in the third preseason game connecting on a fade route to his wide receiver garrett wilson remember Aaron Rodgers set out the first two preseason games, played in the third preseason game against the Giants. Here's his first touchdown pass. Rodgers with the fade for Wilson in the touchdown. I expect to hear a lot of that this season. He'll connect with Lazard and Randall Cobb as well. And if you heard the show last week, you know I am all in on the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of the NFL, Houston named C.J. Stroud their starter for regular season week one following the preseason finale. Coach D'Amico Ryans announced C.J. Stroud will be the starter in week one against the Baltimore Ravens. An interesting story in the NFL happened this weekend as another preseason game was stopped for the second time during the NFL preseason. This year, a game was cut short due to a major injury on the field. Again in the fourth quarter, remember it happened two weeks ago with the Patriots game. 8.32 remaining in the fourth quarter. Saturday's game, Jacksonville against Miami. Dolphins receiver Daywood Davis was carted off the field on a backboard after taking a hit. He was taken to a local hospital for further evaluation and was released yesterday morning. Had all of the movements in his extremities. And of course, he's currently in a concussions protocol. But just another scary scene here as it seems like that's been the theme of the NFL. I hope they don't continue to stop games after major injuries in the regular season. Let's move over to college football. Week zero action here on the fan. So Navy defeats 
Notre Dame in Ireland. That was a blowout victory, 42-3. to I took the um, over in that one and the spread as well. You had Jacksonville State defeating UTEP 17-14. UMass gets a big win in their first matchup against New Mexico State, 41-30. San Diego State defeats Ohio, 20-13. Vanderbilt over, over Hawaii in the late game, 35-28. And Caleb, winning, Caleb Williams begins his quest for a second consecutive Heisman Trophy in their matchup against San Jose State. He threw for 278 yards, four touchdown passes, in route to a 56-28 victory. Here was a wild play in which Caleb Williams recovers a loose ball on a bad snap and then slings it downfield for a 76-yard touchdown. Let's take a listen to the call. All right. Hero play. Hero play. Four, six. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105. 1FM. So every day here on NFL Hits, we're doing a season preview, one team at a time leading up to the start of the regular season. That's coming up next here on AWOD Radio, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. I'm live and local till 3 p.m. Don't go anywhere, don't change that dial. We'll be right back. AWOD Radio, every weekday from noon to 3. On Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Big shout out to Mike, who's here at Capitol L House, stopped on by to introduce himself, one of the members of the AWOD Army. I'm going to be here every Monday throughout football season, talking recap of Saturday's college football action, all the action in the state of Virginia on University Drive, Commanders, and around the NFL, and then, of course, previewing Monday Night Football. And ESPN every year ahead of the start of the NFL season ranks the top 100 players for their season. Well, the list just came out, and I'll give you the top 10 as we go around the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL hits on A1 Radio. All right, Zach, you know the bit. Whether we're in or out on players in the top ten, we'll do a ding or a dong, and I'll let you decide. Are you still in on your former favorite running back, Christian McCaffrey, who's number ten at age 27? He was ranked 71st in 2022 because of that injury history. Yeah, you got to be in on CMC. Run CMC all day. He's first on a lot of draft boards, too. I know. I'm just, I'm not taking that risk. I'm sorry. There's too many times where I've been burnt in fantasy football where he plays five weeks and he's averaging 30 points a game, and then he sits out for five straight weeks, you know? We've all been there, man. Every league, every draft, you think you got the man. You got him. And then all of a sudden, week two, he's out for the season. Yep. He was acquired by the 49ers after week eight. And um, it was really solid for that offense. Uh, listen to this. Since his debut in 2017, McCaffrey has averaged 113.1 scrimmage yards per game, the most in the NFL. Only three other players have averaged over 100 in that span. They're pretty darn good. Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry. Um, I believe that if McCaffrey stays healthy this season, 
the 49ers will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be in here uh, making predictions that Christian McCaffrey will stay healthy because it just never happens. Give me a dong for number 10. I'm out on McCaffrey. Oh. Number nine, his teammate in San Francisco, Nick Bosa. What do you think about that? Now, he did lead the NFL with 18.5 sacks last year and was the defensive player of the year, but can he go for an encore this season? It's going to be tough. I think he will. Guys, yeah. an absolute beast, meat train. He is the only 49ers player with multiple 15-sack seasons since 1982. Consider me all in on Nick Bosa this season, who was ranked 15th last year. He moves into the top 10 now. Number eight, Aaron Donald three-time defensive player of the year but he's now 32 years old and look i have told you guys i think move over aaron donald this year jonathan allen will be the best defensive tackle in the nfl so i'm out on aaron donald being number eight right now look here's what i will say about donald he's been double teamed 1,797 times since the start of 2017, more than any other player in the NFL, and still has 75 sacks in that span, second only to T.J. Watt. I just think he's getting up there there in age, and I don't know that that Rams defense is going to be that good outside of Donald. Number seven, Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback. Love me from some Josh Allen this season. I would consider drafting him in the first round. If you have a quarterback like that, now I'm, he's number seven, so I'm not picking him with one, one of my top five picks in fantasy football, but it's his ability to pass for touchdowns and also run for touchdowns. He has combined for 176 passing and rushing touchdowns since entering the league. That's trailing only Patrick Mahomes over that span. So I, I would consider fantasy football Josh Allen number two quarterback this season outside of Patrick Mahomes. Number six. Zach, what do you think? Micah Parsons at number six? Is that too high for the 24-year-old edge rusher for the Cowboys? I'm sorry. Is this a fantasy like draft list or this is no, just? No, this, okay. this is top 10 impact players in the National Football well, League this yes, season. Well, yes, he is. He is one of those. I would like him to be a linebacker to get more tackles. He's more of a pass rush threat, so that doesn't really apply in, in my league as an IDP. But yeah. as, as far as a game disruptor, and somebody you have to game plan against, yes, he's definitely a number six worthy on that impact list. Well, I, I'm reading the stats here, and what stands out to me is he has nine multiple sack games throughout his first two seasons in the NFL, which is tied for the most by any player since 1982. He's one of three with at least 13 sacks in each of his first two seasons. Yeah, he deserves to be number six with stats like that. They project for 2023, 11 sacks two forced fumbles and 61 tackles for the Cowboys. Uh, number five, Jamar Chase. I was talking with my friend, and he said he might take Jamar Chase number one overall in the fantasy football draft this season. What do you think about that, Zach? I mean, look, no. he was unbelievable last year. He's just 23 years old, but I don't know if he's the best wide receiver in That's the NFL JJ, right dude. now. That's JJ. Yeah. It's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, he does have more of a home run potential than Justin Jefferson, right? Because he's got the speed to burn past a guy. Um, he managed to record his second straight 1,000-yard season, bringing in 2,501 yards receiving last year, became the fifth player in NFL history to record 2,500 receiving yards. Number four, it's his quarterback, Joe Burrow. I'm excited for Joe Burrow this season if he could stay healthy. Right, this strained right calf is interesting. 
I think he's going to be able to get over it, but you just wonder, like, is that something that's going to hurt his mobility at all this season? Because he has done a great job of kind of extending plays and kind of, it's not like he runs, but he slides around the pocket and gives himself some extra time to complete a pass downfield. I'm in on Joe Burrow, but I'm a little concerned about that strained right calf. Number three, Jalen Hurts at 25 years old, the third best player in the National Football League. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> I've told you guys, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be the best quarterback in the NFC East this year. I think it's going to be more Daniel Jones. Because he right? hasn't played in the preseason and they're bubble wrapping him. didn't play in preseason. <laughs> they're bubble wrapping him. And you know what? I'm not the only one that says this, all right? There's been some interesting articles online where people are out on the Eagles. Look, if you just think back to what they did last season, they were perfect. They were perfect. They were 11-0 till they lost to the Commanders. They got over that loss, went all the way to the Super Bowl. Hurts sat out about two games with a shoulder injury, was fine in the postseason. But... I just think that everything went perfect for the Eagles last year. It's not going to go perfect again. They led the NFL in sacks. They led the NFL in turnovers forced. Those two stats led to them being undefeated for the first 11 games. That doesn't happen again this season. Out on Jalen Hurts being number three. Number three? No. Maybe maybe top ten, but not number three. Number two, Justin Jefferson. That's our boy. I mean, he's going to be awesome, especially because you guys know I'm all in on Kirk Cousins this year after watching him in quarterback on Netflix. And then the obvious one, number one, 27 years old. He was number one last year, won another Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. That is Patrick Mahomes. All right, let's get to our season preview for the New Orleans Saints here on AWOD Radio. And uh, they'll have a new quarterback this season, Derek Carr. Backup will be Jameis Winston. Kind of interested to see if Winston maybe gets some time this season at any point if Derek Carr struggles or deals with an injury. Alvin Kamara, who is suspended to start the season, will be their number one running back with Jamal Williams as the backup. Wide receivers, really high on Chris Olave. Michael Thomas comes back this season. It feels like we've been talking about Michael Thomas coming back for three or four seasons. He always gets hurt. He always gets hurt. Avoid Michael Thomas in fantasy. Rashid Shahid is their third wide receiver with Jawan Johnson as the starting tight end. A um, couple pieces on the offensive line that should be decent, be able to give Derek Carr some time there. But the defense uh, will really be the strong suit, I think, for the Saints this season. We know Cameron Jordan will lead them in sacks, most likely. Uh, they have Carl Granderson on the other side. Demario Davis, their star middle linebacker. With Tyran Matthew, he's won a few Super Bowls with the Chiefs. He'll now be the starting safety for the Saints with Marcus May alongside him. And Jonathan Abram comes over to be the backup safety with Marshawn Lattimore on the outside. I mean, the more I look at this defense, the more I get excited for the Saints this season. And I, when I look at their schedule, I say, you know what? It's actually a favorable schedule. I'm not a big fan of this division. They start against Tennessee, then at Carolina, at Green Bay, and home against Tampa Bay. Heck, they might start the season 4-0. I'm starting to really like what I'm seeing from the Saints here. Uh, from what I saw in preseason, Derek Carr was really slinging it all over the field, getting all his receivers involved. I loved him last year, and then it ended up being a poop season for the Vegas Raiders. So I do think the Saints will have a strong season in the NFC South. And so we've done a Carolina Panthers preview. We said 7-10. and 10. We have also done, what did we do, the Atlanta Falcons as well in that division and we gave the Falcons a seven and ten. So we go Falcons seven and ten. We go Panthers seven and ten. Somebody's gotta win this division. 
I don't think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. So I'm going to give the Saints a 9-8 and eight record. And we'll see. That might end up having them represent the NFC South in the postseason. Saints, 9-8, and eight, above 500. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. Call AWOD, 833-804-0910. We'll talk some commanders next with David Harrison from Locked On Commanders. Find out who's going to get cut and who's going to make the final 53-man roster. That's coming up next. On AWOD Radio. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. I'll be here every Monday throughout the football season talking college football, recapping NFL Sunday, and previewing Monday Night Football here at Capital Ale House in Innsbruck. You can grab a beer, check out the show, take an extended lunch break, you deserve it. Live and local here on The Fan from 12 to 3 p.m. And joining us right now to talk a little commanders on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's David Harrison. What's going on, David? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Good. So uh, what's the biggest surprise we're hearing this morning? I guess Jarrett Patterson just got cut. I kind of saw that coming uh, based on the preseason that uh, the rookie running back had. Any other thoughts on big cuts this morning? Yeah, I think I think Jared Patterson would be, I guess, if you want to call it a surprise, would be the surprise, and and not so much like you mentioned. Like the expectation was not that Jared Patterson was going to be on the on the active fifty three, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, it, it really kind of it varies team by team. Like some teams like to waive guys fairly early in the process in hopes that other teams are maybe too busy messing with their own rosters to to put in a waiver claim, and we can sneak this guy through the waiver process and get him on the practice squad. Uh, and so maybe that's what the commanders might be doing with Jared Patterson. Uh, you know, time will obviously tell if, if he does make it through, if they do put him on the practice squad. Uh, you have to believe he's certainly a guy that they would like to keep around if they have room. But, you know, the other guys, you know, DeMarcus Fields, DJ Sturgis, Joshua Pryor, the like, like all guys who put in really valiant efforts. And I think that's the important thing uh, to really hit on with these guys is, is there, are, there are no lazy players on the commander's roster. So a lot of guys that are going to get waived and cut uh, here in the next, you know, 24 hours or so. Uh, really diligent workers, really dedicated to, to their craft. And whether they stay in Washington on the practice squad or end up somewhere else, whatever team that they, they land on, they're getting some, some dudes who are really about the process. Have we heard yet who the six wide receivers are going to be? It kind of seems like Kazmir Allen ruined his chance to make the roster based on his final mm-hmm. preseason outing. No, nothing solid on that. I think I think most of us expect, you know, that six receiver – uh, to be Dax Milne, you know, and, and Kaz Allen certainly had his opportunity during this process to, to maybe take that spot from Dax, especially if he could prove to be this this very electric and dynamic return specialist, but also capable if they ever needed to turn to him to contribute on the offense. And like you said, uh, the drops in the final preseason game, the muff punt in the final preseason game, those, those things are killers when you're talking about uh, a young guy with his skill set. And going back to a conversation that I had earlier in the offseason program, uh, I think it was right after minicamp actually, talking to special teams coordinator Ned Katzer about that perceived battle. And I asked him flat out, I said, is this perceived battle an outside only thing or is this a real battle 
uh, that's happening within the roster. He didn't even hesitate. He said, yes, it's an absolute battle that's happening within the roster. But the big thing about Kaz is getting down the fundamentals of just simply fielding the ball because something that looks as simple as catching the football on a consistent basis as a punt returner really isn't all that simple. And that's something that Dax does bring. We know he brings it. Uh, you know, and, and everybody understands, Dax understands himself, that people want the electricity. They want the Devin Hester. They want the returns. You know, they want all that stuff. But what Nate Catcher kind of focused on is don't undersell the value of a dude who can go out there and catch 20 out of 20 punts instead of muffing one out of those 20. Because that one out of 20 could lead you to a loss. And we see it year after year at the end of the season. That one loss could be what keeps you out of the playoffs. No, it's a great point, David, but I would still take the shot on Allen because I'm tired of watching Dax Milne, you know, return a punt for one yard or negative one yard. Um, so I, I get it. I get what you're saying. And, you know, the commanders, you know, they, they play not to lose the game. That kind of seems like the theme of the Ron Rivera era. So it makes sense him going with the shorthanded Dax Milne over a guy that could, you know, break away and return one, but also could fumble inside the 10 and cost you the game in Allen. Let's move over to tight end here. And I want to know who you think will make the roster and what's the latest with Logan Thomas's injury. You know, are there thoughts that he could miss week one or will, or will he be the, in the lineup week one? Yeah. Yeah. I think, the, I think the natural, you know, uh, apprehension has to be towards wondering if Logan, like you said, is, is going to be healthy enough to go, you know, all of training camp. Uh, the message has basically been that it's an abundance of caution thing. It's not that serious and, and all these things. And Logan has certainly been around and he's, he's been doing some, you know, side work uh, during practices, which is always, always a positive sign. It's, it's when you see uh, practice going on and a guy never even comes out of the building. Like, that's what we kind of started seeing with Cole Holcomb last year when, you know, initially it was, well, it's a foot issue, but it's not that big of a deal. But then you go a handful or more practices where he's not even coming out of the building uh, to stretch. And that's, that's when you start getting concerned. So Logan being on the field, even doing a little, little bit of work is certainly promising. Uh, and at this rate, you know, uh, this week we've got two practices, I think, before the guys get a little bit of a break before the first uh, full season of preparation. I think next week is really the important time. If we don't see Logan practicing, say, next Wednesday, uh, then I think it's time to start talking about he's probably going to miss uh, week one. So that's still kind of to be determined. But as far as the depth chart is concerned, I think four tight ends, you kind of have to expect it. This team runs a lot of 12 personnel. So if you're going to have two tight ends on the field a lot, you have to, you almost have to have two backups ready to go, you know, just for the bruises and bumps uh, that guys go through. The question really is, Curtis Hodges versus Alex Arma. And, and earlier yeah. in camp, once once Armani Rogers went down, it really wasn't considered a question. It was going to be Curtis Hodges. There's your four tight ends. But Curtis, unfortunately, kind of left that door open with some subpar performances, some subpar practice days. And then Alex Arma has really taken advantage of getting some reps at the tight end position. And uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm actually going to lay down my 53-man uh, roster projection right after I get off here with you. And I'll just let everybody know now, my fourth tight end is Alex Arma. Yeah, and I, and I like that because of his ability to play fullback, which I think you'll yeah. see them use around the goal line. Even though he didn't get into the end zone, it was kind of the perfect play, and the design worked out. He got the ball but just got stuffed at the one-yard line. Defensive line, you know, I was talking with Matthew Paris, and he said there's a chance K.J. Henry, the fifth-round pick, doesn't make the team. What's your take on mm -hmm. the defensive line? You know, you, you want to go with K.J. Henry right off the bat because he's a fifth-round pick, and the team – just kind of has a history of keeping their draft picks. You know, when, when yeah. you draft a guy, they typically make the active roster. So if you're going with history alone, uh, that's, that's where you would go. But the question boils down to, you know, when you look at the roster projections, you know, if, if you keep KJ Henry, you keep Andre Jones Jr. both, and some of these other veterans, like a guy like Casey Tuhill starts to look like he's on the outside looking in potentially. Uh, you know, you got kind of Casey Tuhill, maybe an FA Obata, but I feel like you have to keep FA 
uh, with what he's shown over the years and, and not and specifically this preseason. And with K.J. Henry, this is something I actually talked about with him at Owens Mills during joint practices against Baltimore. You know, in individual uh, drills, like the one-on-ones, O-line versus D-lineman, he cooks, he cooks everybody. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, his, his athleticism just jumps off the field. But then when you get to the team drills, he kind of gets lost a little bit. And something that I found interesting is this preseason, he actually has the most quarterback pressures, according to PFF, on this roster. He's got nine pressures. None of those are sacks. And that is a problem. And, and, and some of that means that, you know, some of those pressures are coming because quarterbacks are holding on the ball a little bit. But whatever the reason is, he's not finishing the pass rushes. Meanwhile, we see Andre Jones Jr. having a little bit more of a disruptive personality. He got some, some reps with the ones while Chase Young was dealing with his situation and didn't look lost while he was doing it. I think that's incredibly impressive for a late-round draft pick. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if the team bucks their own trend because KJ Henry was fifth-round draft pick. There's other teams that would have very high marks on him, and maybe they feel like they could get more out of him. Maybe somebody wants to turn him into a stand-up outside linebacker and get him off the line of scrimmage and give him a runway. Uh, so I don't know that you, if you're the Washington Commanders, if you feel like you're not going to get away with hiding him, you might be forced to keep him because of that. And then that puts a guy, like I said, like Casey Tuhill in jeopardy. David, could you give me a percentage chance that Chase Young starts week one? Uh, honestly, I think, I think 100%. I think, he's, I think he's okay. I think, I think it's, you know, get a bunch of caution. Uh, there's an injury history there. Obviously not with the same, you know, stinger is a different, you know, part of the anatomy and all that stuff. But this is such a pivotal season for Chase Young, such a pivotal season for the Washington Commanders that, you know, kind of taking the, easy, the ease off road during the rest of the preseason, the rest of, of, of training camp, uh, makes a lot of sense. But once the chips are on the table, once the games count for real, uh, I think you'll see him on the field week one. David is the host of Locked On Commanders. Let my audience know where they can check out your final 53-man roster projection. Yeah, so I'll be dropping that, like I said, right after this. I'm going to click record, um, and as long as it takes me to record it, edit it, and throw it up on YouTube and every audio platform, it'll be available. Uh, and then I'm going to write down the breakdown for uh, commandercountry.com as well on Sports Illustrated Fan Nation. Follow David on social media at dharrison82. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I want to remind the audience that Who's Talking, Who Who's Talking is back on air tonight at 6 p.m. with Frank Maloney and Jim Hobgood. They will have some awesome guests, Billy McMullen, Paul Collins, Jeff McDonald, and Dr. Jody Smith. That begins tonight at 6 p.m. and then every Monday throughout the rest of the football season right here on 910 The Fan. So there was a festival in Richmond this weekend, right in the heart of Scott's edition. That's coming up next on our non-sports story of the week. Your home for AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The fan now at 105.1 FM, your home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here at Odyssey Richmond. The first game will be on WRVA, and then when the squirrel season ends, all the games will move over to 910. The fan with a pregame and a postgame show as well, so stay locked to 910 the fan throughout football season. We'll talk some commanders again with Kyle Ronick at 1.30 from the Burgundy Zone podcast. Uh, we got a little dude food planned for 145 as Burger King's got a new sandwich we want to get to. And then Netflix, I watched a awesome movie last night. Zach, it's called Blackberry. Have you heard about that at all? 
The Blackberry movie. No, I haven't heard of that. I'm still in GOT, man. I'm almost done. <laughs> well, you might need to check out the Blackberry movie because it's excellent. It stars Day, uh, Jay Baruchel. Um, so we'll break that down on Netflix. Yeah. But right now it's time for our non-sports story of the week. And um, the Iron Blossom Music Festival is a big hit here in Richmond. It took place at Bon Secours Training Center. And we were wondering what the hell they were going to use that space for now that the commanders weren't come to town. And so you had the inaugural Iron Blossom Music Festival, the perfect combination of Richmond's favorite things, live music, food, art, and craft beer. Uh, they had cornhole, muralist, a Ferris wheel. I will say there's no way I would have ever gotten on that Ferris wheel. It looked really sketch. I saw them putting it together. Um, but I thought it was an awesome festival. I didn't go. I actually stayed right outside the festival, and you could hear everything, Zach. So I basically got an $180 ticket for free. Okay, so I was uh, out outside at the Iron Blossom Festival. And so, yeah, no, it was really cool. On Saturday, I stopped by. And then on so Sunday night, they had Hozier. Uh, of course, he did his hit song, Take Me to church and, and church. and it just seemed like there were, you know, thousands of people there. I actually reached out to Iron Blossom Festival last minute to try to see if uh, they needed, uh, you know, a little bit of extra press, some media there. And they said, no, thank you. We're sold out. Hit us up next year in advance. So I was just having a good time hanging out there with my friends. So we brought a blanket and some beers and just sat outside the festival like a, a bunch of, you know, cheap kids and just watched it. And uh, it was just fun to see all the festival goers walk by. And so it brought me to my question of the day, which is, if you were going to a festival, all right, and it was here in Richmond, and you knew you were going to be there for six to eight hours, what are you bringing and what are you going to wear? Because I was walking by all these girls who had the exact same festival outfit, these long boots. I mean, boots up basically up to their knees. They had these really short shorts and then, you know, some kind of face painting or some kind of colorful thing in their hair or a bandana and this great festival look. And so I'm thinking, if I went to a festival, what would I bring? Number one thing would be a blanket. I think number two would bring some kind of a water bottle, uh, maybe a chair to sit on, and um, that's probably it. I'm, I'm probably good with just that. Um, so it looked like a really good time, and it just it was cool and it had a great vibe here in Richmond this past weekend with so many people coming from out of town. Like I, I was reading, you know, the Richmond Times Dispatch has an article on it, and they had multiple people saying, oh, we came from West Virginia. We came from Michigan. We came from all over the state of Virginia to go to this festival. And the festival was originally planned to be in Monroe Park, but was moved due to overwhelming response, according to organizers. And the two-day VIP tickets then sold out. So it was supposed to be at Monroe Park. Instead, they moved it to Bon Secours. And um, from, from what everything I heard, it was very successful this weekend. But I know Zach had an awesome Friday night, the Zach Attack producing my show. We had an awesome uh, in-studio guest on Friday, Weathers. The band came on by, and they performed their new song, All Caps. And, Zach, you said that wasn't enough. You wanted to go see them at the Canal Club. Well, I told them, remember, I was like, oh, i got to produce the Squirrels game. But if something happens, that game gets postponed, or if the, you know it ends early and I can still, because I knew their set was 930. Yeah. Um, I told them that I would go down there because I'd never been to Canal Club, and you know I should have by now being here for five or six years. <laughs> Anyways, the game gets called. They call the Squirrels yeah. game. I'm like, I'm butt-tired, you know, and it's Friday. I just want to go home. But I promised those guys, and they were so nice, you know. They yeah. were so nice. So I wanted to And they them. rock. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were so good to us, and so I was like, I got to go for, you know, because I've never been to Canal Club, and I told the guys I would. 
So, man of my word, I Ubered down there just in case things got out of control. And uh, they, had a, they had a great set. They were awesome live. Uh, they're totally legit. And I was pumped. So we hung out after. And Wait, then, were, you, were you like VIP during the set? Because you had an no, awesome spot. No. no. Well, I, I meandered over there. You know, they, okay. were, they were cool. But uh, yeah. so after they, I mean, they had a line of kids and you know girls screaming and they <laughs> they went to the merch booth after the show and signed everything you know and i just i like that i watch i like watching bands connect with their fans that's that's the best part of my job and so then we started having some tequilas and then they were like we want to go out we've never been to richmond where do we go I'm yeah like, i got no clue dude it's my first time down here in the bottom i'm not supposed to be in the bottom after 10 everybody told me it's dangerous <laughs> like i don't know if i should take you guys out i don't want you to get hurt you got to go back to la you're on tour you know and they're like no man let's go so this this seven foot one dude security guard was like Go to the clown bar. I forgot what it's called. It's it's a heavy metal clown bar. That's all I know. Okay. And so we go there, and we're just drinking tequila like it's going out of style. <laughs> and then we end up, uh, it's, all of a sudden, it's 2 in the morning, and I'm like, what am I doing? Partying with L.A. band kids. They're in their 20s, and they do this all the time. And I used to, and I used to be great at it. I could still hang, though, Awad. I still hung hard. Uh, then we find ourselves... Uh, walking to this pizza place, okay? Right, the pizza's always banging. Yeah, okay. So they want to get a couple slices. Um, the pizza place has a security guard um, in there, which I'd never seen before. So I was like, oh, all right, this is pretty this is pretty intense, you know? He's guarding the pepperonis. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I just had never seen that. So I was like, all right, what's going on? Um, I order a couple slices. It takes a while. We all get our slices, go out on the uh, sidewalk, start eating. All of a sudden... Homeless guy grabs my pepperoni sausage, takes one Just bite. took it out of your hand. No, it, it was on my plate. I was on like a mailbox or something. I rested my – we were all like resting our uh, plates on a mail – something. I don't know. <laughs> all of a sudden, this guy takes my slice, takes one bite. It's a huge slice, a, 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 like a folder. You got to fold it. One bite and throws it in the garbage and stares at me the whole time while he does it. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. One my, bite. <laughs> my slice. There's other slices there. There's other. He could have taken anyone's slice. He took mine. Stares me down, and uh, we were all just like, "All right, yeah, it's it's two something. So we should probably wrap up this hard hang we've been having." Um, but I was I was a little miffed. I was tilted to use a, one of your words. I was very yeah. tilted, and uh, I was wondering why the security guard was in the pizza shop when I was just robbed of a slice outside the pizza shop. Yeah, I, that's that's a little disappointing. So we can't even get a, a pizza review from you, huh? Um, I did have a buffalo chicken slice. I managed to get that oh. one down. Oh. So he took my. So he you hid my, that from me. No, I, <laughs> so I did get a slice in, but that was my preliminary, and I was saving the best for last. I right. wanted my sausage uh, pepperoni, and I didn't get to experience it. But the it was. I wish I knew the names of these places, but at that point in the night, uh, we were having too much fun. Uh, that's all I remember. But it was yeah. a good well, hard I, hang with Weathers. Well, I'm jealous that you got to do that. I, I was planning on going. I know you put me on the guest list. And then around like 8 p.m., I just like hit a wall and I was about to pass out. And I had to get up early to do my Saturday morning shows. So yeah. uh, I saw that text from you in the morning uh, of you like sh sending me a video of their set. And it was just it was awesome. Man. Yeah, so that's it was good so time. cool. It was good time. Yeah. And it was and let's just say again, it was so cool to bring a, a band into the show live and have the perform. It felt like old school radio. Well, I'm glad. We'll do it again.
Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that's that's one one of the perks of having you uh, be the lead man at Alt 102.1 here in town. So anytime that there's a band and they want to perform on there, you know I want to get them in on AWOD radio as well. Uh, there was something else I wanted to bring up on the non-sports segment, but I, I can't come up with it right now. So maybe we'll get back into this uh, later on in the show when we do a little dude food. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So the Richmond Commander coming up next. Who are your core four Commanders players? 833-804-0910. Call AWOD. 833 804 